Georgia's Fulton County Jail. Once again in the spotlight this morning, not for a Trump-related reason. This time, police say a detainee has been killed and two others injured after a mass stabbing on Thursday. This is the fifth death of a jail inmate there since the end of July. The Justice Department has launched a civil rights investigation into the jail for dilapidated and unsanitary conditions, as well as violence against detainees. It's also, of course, the same jail where Donald Trump turned himself in last week, and he had his first ever mugshot taken there after being indicted on criminal charges in the Georgia election subversion and racketeering case, to which he's now pleaded not guilty. So joining us to talk more is Temadayo Ganga-Williams, who served as a senior investigative counsel for the January 6th committee. His currently partner is Selendi Gay Ellsberg, also national political writer for the Associated Press, Michelle Price, and Amy Parnes, chief White House correspondent at, and political correspondent at The Messenger. So I want to start with you, Temadayo, because while prosecuting a president is unusual, RICO violations are not. So help us understand why lawyers would be saying we should sever his case from the other defendants. So there, there are several reasons why you may want to sever your case. One is that you want to go more quickly than others. And here, for example, Kenneth Chesborough, he's saying, Judge, I want to activate my Speedy Trial Rights Act now, and I want to move forward as quickly as possible. I want a trial in October. But why? What's the benefit to any given defendant for going faster? you're going to be testing the prosecutor's case. Is, is Fannie Willis ready to try this case right now? And that's what they want to know. And generally speaking, a criminal case only gets worse for a defendant as it goes on and on and lingers. It does not get better, typically. So you want to be in the front of the line. You want to be in the front. But there are dangers to that. If you're moving first, that means you may not get to file the same number of motions. You may be able to challenge your case the same way. And frankly, your lawyers don't have the amount of time to prepare. So they are dangerous of moving quickly here, but I think what he's doing is testing the case. And frankly, but President Trump is not going to want to do that himself. He's saying, I want to delay, delay, delay. So of course, there's some tension there. Can I, can I ask along those lines, you know, what, what would it do to the prosecution if the cases are severed or if uh, the individual cases are, are split apart? Well, it means that Fawny Willis is going to have to try these cases separately, and that's okay. In a case like this with 19 defendants, it's, I think it was likely not feasible that all 19 would go together. I think the most likely result would be some separation. The danger for the prosecutor here is that she has a bad result in an earlier case. If you have a hung jury or an acquittal, that's going to set the tone going forward. It may impact the jury, meaning folks are going to see one case went forward, didn't get a conviction. When a later case comes up, the general jury pool might be aware of that fact. It makes it harder to get another conviction. I want to bring Amy and Michelle in here for a second, because while we're talking about D.A. Willis, the governor, Brian Kemp, has basically rejected calls from state lawmakers who say they want to impeach her or pull her from office. Um, I think we have a clip. Up to this point, I have not seen any evidence that D.A. Willis's actions or lack thereof warrant action by the prosecuting attorney oversight commission, but that will ultimately be a decision that the commission will make. Regardless, in my mind, a special session of the General Assembly to end run around this law is not feasible and may ultimately prove to be unconstitutional. Now, there's a rash of laws around the country trying to say that you can pull a DA you disagree with, but what's significant about this moment? 
Well, I think it's interesting because you have these two men sparring, and clearly Governor Kemp and Donald Trump, um, he, he is on the other side of Trump on this, and they have been sparring since 2020 over this, and obviously he does not want to, he wants to uphold the law, he does not want to make this a political moment, and he's going up against other Republicans who are saying, and the pressure of other Republicans who are saying, come on, do this. So this is obviously not a good moment for the former president. It's always fascinating, it, like, repeatedly, Brian Kemp does thing that is normal and hues to the law and therefore is at odds with a large swath of the Republican Party and the former president. Michelle, one thing I want to ask you, the, the judge in the, the Georgia DA case, in the Fulton County case, said it's going to be a, on, it's going to be televised, right? You're going to be able to watch. And we assume that was going to be the case, confirm that, it's going to be live streamed. What does that do, given that most of what we've seen has been behind the scenes up to this point? Right. I mean, this is the former president's going to be on trial on YouTube, basically. And this is going to be, you know, from his camp, from a political standpoint, this is basically campaign footage for them. They are treating these trials as his campaign, that he is being politically persecuted is the argument they are making. In the, in the primary election, that does seem to be helping him. But in the general election, this does not seem to be helping him. Uh, and, you know, airing all this evidence, having him sit there at a, at a witness table where he can't speak, where people are presenting evidence about things he did might actually be very harmful for him. I mean, he can speak. He can go on the stand at some point. Temidayo, can you talk about the pros and cons of having all of your information kind of public, right, which is what happened with the January 6th committee? Uh, as far as the evidence... Being on TV. Being on TV. Well, I, I think it's, you know, if you're the prosecutor, you have to shut all of that out. Because what happens is, what, what concerns a prosecutor is not the American people watching. It's going to be those 12 people in the jury box. That's going to be the focus. And we've seen it with other high-profile cases from celebrities. There can be a lot of public interest, a lot of public opinions, and then, but those verdicts are going to be what they are. And that's why we're often shocked by them. Can I just follow up, though? I mean, you were on the January 6th committee. Yeah. The entire perception of the committee and what it was working on changed after the first hearing. Like, unequivocally. It, I mean, I was in Washington, so at least in our bubble, to some degree, it did. Did you feel that? Did you see that? Did that change how you guys operated with the investigation itself? Well, I think the, the change in perception was planned. I mean, the, the, the hearings were crafted to be a kind of public trial. They were made to impact public perception and public opinion. So I think we looked at that at our hearings as a kind of jury trial for the American people as the jury. But I think that's going to be slightly different from the courtroom. We were thinking about what's going to make good television and what's going to make people who may not otherwise be interested focused on our, on our substance. If you're in a jury trial, you're thinking about what are the elements of the crime? How do I prove this case beyond a reasonable doubt? You're thinking about the rules of evidence. You're thinking about the judge's perception. Different threshold. It's a different altogether. threshold. Exactly. All right. Thank you all so much for speaking with us. We're going to get to CNN Zachary Cohen with more. So, Zachary, this is uh, the fourth not guilty plea for the former president. What can you tell us about what's going on? Yeah, good morning, guys. Trump's lawyers making clear they want to slow things down here and arguing that it would be unconstitutional to force Donald Trump to go to trial on October 23rd of this year. That's when Fannie Willis wants to try all 19 of the defendants in this case, including the former president. But look, they're arguing that they need time to prepare. They have, there's another case that his, Trump's lawyer has to deal with, and he's saying that would prevent him from prepping a, an appropriate defense for the former president. Now, look, we also got a ruling yesterday that any trial um, proceeding 
proceedings in this case will be televised. You know, the judge saying that this is essential for transparency. And but this only does apply to um, Georgia court and um, in, in the state of Georgia. And as you know, that there are several defendants in this case that are trying to move their case into federal court where there are no cameras allowed. So as of now, we may be seeing a lot of Donald Trump on televised um, when this goes to trial. But if it gets moved to federal court, we may not see what, what, what's going on there. Zach, there, there are a lot of kind of procedural machinations that are playing out right now down there, but there's one decision I think everybody is waiting on. It could come really at any moment at this point. Mark Meadows trying to move his case to federal court. There's another filing last night. Any word on when we may get a ruling from the judge? Yeah, Phil, there's a lot of moving parts here, but you're right. Mark Meadows, at any moment, we could learn if he's going to get to move his case to federal court or not. And, you know, the both sides, prosecutors and Meadows' attorneys, filed additional briefs yesterday, essentially arguing their side as to why or why this case shouldn't be moved. But you know who's watching this decision or for this decision very closely is Donald Trump's lawyers. He's expected to also file a motion to try to move his case to federal court. But he's going to wait and see what happens with his former chief of staff first, it looks like. Zachary, thanks so much.